0: Father, we thank you that, Lord, we, we can know that we can lift our requests up to you and know that you hear them, that you care, uh, that, Lord, your will, we can trust you for that over our lives, over our requests. And so, Lord, uh, help us in casting our care on you, Lord, to have the the resulting peace that passes all understanding. Lord, in all of these things, we have needs that are beyond ourselves, and... Lord, we just want to confess together tonight that, Lord, you are able. Uh, Nothing is too hard for you. And so, Lord, over every request, we say, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're in Proverbs chapter 13. We've got just a little bit of time, so let's get it in high gear. If you didn't get a handout on your way in, raise your hand, and and, uh, the Connections team will hook you up. You can get a digital copy of the notes at uh, the the the, uh, the YouTube, Facebook, uh, the church website, mbtkc.org. So we're still looking at contrasts between the righteous and the wicked. Proverbs chapter 13. We'll just look at the first three verses. And uh, what we're seeing here in, in verses 1 through 3 are the communication, right? The communication uh, contrast between the righteous and the wicked, and so. Uh, Verse 1 would would fit under the header of listen well, okay, listen well. Listen is your first blank. Verse 1 says, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Now, I want you to notice as you look at your Bible or it's there in your notes, that word heareth is in italics. So in the English rendering of the Hebrew text, the word heareth is implied. The verb is implied in the construction of the Hebrew statement. Uh, So we, we, we translate it, it's an implied verb in the English translation. And so anytime you see italics in your King James Bible, that indicates that that word was not in the original Greek or Hebrew. If it's in italics, The translators are wanting you to know up front, this word was not there. You say, well then why did they put it there? Because you wouldn't understand your Bible, you wouldn't understand what the Greek or the Hebrew said without the translators putting that implied word in the translation of the text. So the translators wanted you to know that they had to put this word in there, they had to have it in there in order to make it make sense in English. In terms of the Hebrew, it's a wise son, his father's instruction. And that's good, man. That's so beautiful because the implication is one is the product of the other. A wise son is the product of his father's instruction, and so you can contrast that with the second phrase, and the word heareth not, well, that's there in the Hebrew. That's in there. That's why the translators knew that it's implied in the first phrase. Notice the contrast. A scorner, but a scorner, a scorner heareth not rebuke. Sometimes a father, in instructing his child, he has to rebuke that child. A scorner, if the child's a scorner, he won't hear it, he won't receive it. So get this down in your notes. A scorner refuses rebuke. Scorner is a, marker, a mocker, right? What's a, what's a scorner? Well, that's, that's the mocker that whenever you tell them, you're, you're kind of being a jerk. They say, "I know you are, but what am I?" You know, and that, and you just can't win. No, you're being, you're being a jerk. I know you are, but what am I? You're a jerk. I know you are, but what am I? And that's that person that you want to just physically quiet. You know. <laughs> you can't help a scorner. Boy, well, I hope somebody is listening tonight. You cannot help a scorner. There is no helping a scorner. Proverbs 9, verse 7 says, He that reproveth a scorner giveth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man giveth himself a block. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. See, a wise person says, I don't want to go stupid. I don't want to roll dumb. I don't want to roll crazy. If you see something, say something. I want the opportunity to correct my trajectory in life. A wise person will thank you for the correction, but a scorner. A scorner just screams and yells and makes a mess. Chapter 15, verse 12 says, A scorner loveth not the one that reproveth him. I mean, it took a lot to just speak up and say something. A scorner loveth not the one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. Verse 5 says, A fool despiseth his father's instruction, but he that regardeth reproof is prudent. Okay, so why is the scorner this way? How come they don't want to be corrected? How come they don't want instruction or rebuke? They will not listen. They will not be corrected. You cannot help a scorner. And here's the sad thing, they never make it. They just don't make it spiritually, and that's heartbreaking whenever you see someone who is going through life a scorner, and you try to talk to them, and all it does, no matter what you try, it just makes a mess with this person. They will not listen, they refuse rebuke. Whatever you say, they, they just blow it up. They blow it out of proportion. They're, 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 uh, they're, they're like judo masters of victimhood. You know, you're a monster for trying to point out the fact that they've got fangs and claws and, and they need clipping or whatever, you know, and, it, and, it, and somehow it's all your fault. And you're the po- it's heartbreaking. They refuse to be helped because they won't just get humble and just gratefully submit to God. They've, uh, you know, many of them think they have reasonable objections that validate their scorn. They don't. We see them pass through this church all the time, scorners. They come in, they know better, they're smarter, they're better looking, they're whatever. I mean, they probably are. They're probably all those things. But they despise everything that's going on with God's people. They know better, they're smarter. They don't know better. And for some reason, they can't look at the fruit of their lives and see a lack of God's blessing and end up doing the math. Why aren't you winning souls, making disciples? Why aren't you producing fruit that will rebound and redound to the glory of God at the judgment seat of Christ? Why isn't that happening? Well, you know, I'm not in agreement with X, Y, Z. I'm smarter, I know better, I'm, and, and on some level, just despise the rest of God's people and you know whatever trajectory that they're on. Never mind the fact that they're fruitful, they're multiplying. We've said this before. We've we probably said this a hundred times from this pulpit. We don't know everything. We're not gonna say and do everything correctly. We're made out of dirt. There's probably very little that we do well at MBT. We make mistakes all the time. Guess what, we're just like you. We're a bunch of people made out of dirt with a mighty God and a great savior. And so help us God by his grace. We're gonna move forward in faith. We're gonna move forward according to his word. And you're gonna see problems at MBT. And you can decide to either get humble and help or you can get full of pride and you can scorn. That's what will happen. And you just see it all the time. They're the, they're the, they're the, the stairwell pastors. <laughs> just, I mean, with the wolves in sheep's clothing. And there's never any fruit. They can't look at their life and say, you know, I've been, I've been going this way for the last 20 years and I've got no fruit to show for it. Man, if you just get humble and just realize you don't have the answers to everything. Stop scorning, get humble, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you, and you know what? The hand of blessing, the blessing of the Lord will be on your life, maybe for the first time in your life. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And then in due time, he'll exalt you. It's heartbreaking to me to see people who have so much potential, but because they're a scorner, They will never amount to anything. They're like a dog. How much glory can a dog bring to Christ? You say, Pastor, that's really mean. You can't call people dogs in church. Well, Proverbs 12, 1. Whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. You're like a beast. Don't be like a dog, be like Christ. He was the perfect son. Check out how, how Jesus rolled, Hebrews 5.8. Though he were a son, yet, he learned, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. He didn't rebel, he didn't act out. He submitted, he submitted to the will of the Father and he took up his cross. God help us to get humble. <laughs> Verse number two. You're gonna say, man, Pastor Miles was mean last night. Watch your mouth. This is verse 2. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of transgressors shall eat violence. Now we already saw this in chapter 12. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Verse 18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of swords, but the tongue of the wise is held. Okay, so how does a man eat good by what he says? Well, what does your mouth build up? What's your mouth building in your life? And and we've made this connection before, Ephesians chapter 4. We are wise if we're using our mouth to build up God's people. You're part of a local church, so you're to speak the truth in love. The goal is for the whole church to grow and be conformed to the image of Christ in all things. He is our head. Verse 16 says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, what comes out of your life and out of your mouth, that is supply to this body to be edified to grow in Christ. And that is according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're a part of the body of Christ. So edify me in love, right? That's what the working is to do. It's to increase the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And when you do that, when you're a part of something like that, your speech will return as blessing. Right speech always returns as blessing. People who just come and sit and attend, you're in a service, you attend and then you leave. You never connect when you're going through a rough time and you need supply, you need help, you need blessing. Nobody even knows you're going through a hard time. Because you don't have connection, you don't have relationship. You've not been part of edifying and building up the body of Christ. So the body doesn't know that you're suffering. If it did, we'd all suffer with you. Be a part. Right speech returns blessing. Kids know this, at least they did when I was a kid. We grew up, here's a song I grew up singing. Do we sing this in kid town? Oh, be careful little tongue, what you say. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say? For the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful, little tongue, what you say? You remember that one? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see? Oh, be careful, little... Okay, so the tongue, forget the eyes right now. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say? Did we sing that here at MBT? We do? No? We'll make sure that gets introduced if there's a class missing it, okay. Yeah, that's a good song right there. Okay, conversely, how do… <laughs> man, we're running out of time. How, do, how does a transgressor eat violence? Look at verse 2 again. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. Have you ever eaten violence before? <laughs> Have you ever eaten violence? Okay. Let me paint a picture for you. Have you ever noticed that some people just, they just crave conflict in their life? They're always stirring it up with people. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen that person? They crave conflict, they're always running their mouth, they're always stirring it up. Remember what we saw in chapter 12, verse 16? A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth with shame. The fool's running his mouth and he's just showing his rear. But now, hold on, okay? You need to know this. The guy running his mouth, always stirring it up. He doesn't know this. There's always someone that's willing to forcibly shut a transgressor's mouth. Did you know you've heard the phrase, I'll make you eat your words? Uh, there is an implied physical threat with that, isn't there? How, how does this fool, right, the soul of the transgressor, how do they eat violence? You show me a man under the age of 65 that has a mouth full of false teeth, and fully, 50% of the time, I'll show you a man that's transgressed with his mouth. <laughs> the other half of the time, it's bad hygiene, bad diet, maybe bad genetics. But the other half of the time, it's because they were running their mouth the wrong place at the wrong time to the wrong people. <laughs> Somebody said, shut up, fool, and that just turned them on, man. I mean, they just went full out. and. And they learn the hard way. They eat violence. (laughs) Verse three. See the key is the wise do not let their emotions run their mouth. Verse three says he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Do you see that? Do you see that? Do you see that thing that's right there? He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. So what we wanna learn to do is we wanna learn to bite our tongue. A euphemism for holding our tongue, keeping quiet. You want to speak, you want to tell people how it is, you want to set them straight. Mm. We need to learn to shut up, don't we? Uh, less talking, more thinking. But the tongue can get you in trouble, man. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, Life, death, and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I mean, <laughs> over and over again. You know, and as a father, okay. So this is a this is a great manual on how to be a good dad, isn't it? You see the things, dads. Do you see the things that you want to especially tell your sons? <laughs> uh, you want to make sure your sons know when to speak up and when to shut up. Uh, what's important, right? To make a stand on. I mean, there's some things that are just worth going down over, but then, but then there are other things that just don't matter. And so, we got to teach our children that death and life are in the power of the tongue. James 3 describes it as the portal to hell. Verse 3, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven to fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, withsoever the governor listeth. Even so, just like a tiny bit can turn an entire horse, a little rudder can turn an entire ship. Look what your tongue can do. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire in a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell." For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. (laughs) Isn't that true? Uh, Gossip is evil. I just can't stop doing it. Have you ever ever noticed that in your own life? Uh, Slander, libel. People destroy other people with their mouths. They set on fire the course of nature. The tongue is the portal to hell. You can can watch people that know better and still participate. The tongue is something that no man can tame. Man, don't we need need the Word of God to rule over our lives? Don't we need the Spirit of God to anoint us so that we can live what the Word declares over us? Therewith, with your tongue, verse 9, bless we God. Even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Either a vine, figs? So can no fountain yield salt water and fresh. We need to hold our tongue. By God's grace, we need to hold our tongue. Amen? It needs to be a fount of blessing. It needs to be a source of edification. So here is someone who is destroyed by their mouth. They're eating violence. Death is the result. They're eating the fruit of their life. Let me give you a couple of examples of people who did not watch their mouth. One is past, one is future, and both their mouths destroy them. And, and, and for the, the latter, the justice is poetic. Herod got in trouble with his mouth. He was a great speaker. Uh, it's time for him to give the royal update. So he's in royal apparel. He sat on his throne. He makes oration, verse 21. The people are blown away in verse 22. They're all shouting, and look at what they're saying. It, and they're describing Herod's speech. It is the voice of a god and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms, and gave up the ghost. So his mouth was his end, his destruction. But notice the mouth of the Lord. This is beautiful. But the word of God grew and multiplied. Do you see the contrast? You say, well, why are you, why are you pointing that out so strongly? Well, Herod was a type of antichrist but the Antichrist himself, it's his mouth that is his undoing. You can read about the Antichrist in Revelation chapter 13, and it describes him as this beast rising up out of the nations, out of the sea. And uh, here is this second Herod, this Antichrist himself, and the Bible says there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. He is talking trash to everyone, including God and the host of heaven. So he shall have destruction, the Bible says. He shall have destruction. How? Well, the Bible tells you how. In Second 2 Thessalonians 2:8, 2, uh, one of the names of the beast of the Antichrist is that wicked. That wicked. And so, here it is, then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. And you read about that in Revelation chapter 19, when Jesus Christ comes to rule and reign. It's at the end of the time of great tribulation. There is a great battle of Armageddon. The Antichrist and his host wants to take out Israel once and for all. And Jesus shows up just in time to put an end to it. And the Bible says, out of his mouth cometh a sharp two-edged sword, and with that he destroys the armies of the Antichrist and uh, destroys the Antichrist himself. Then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. The Word of God will grow and multiply. Uh, I don't want to be like Herod, and I don't want to follow the spirit of Antichrist, amen? how much better it is to watch our mouths. If we just believe the Bible, we would hold great respect so that thing right there. That thing right there, it's a monster, okay. You can't talk with, the guy that can talk with his tongue sticking out, that's a gift. A beast, man, that thing, okay. But, but you know what? Uh, when it 's submitted to the Word of God and the Spirit of God, when you mortify the members of the flesh, that little member, man, God can use it to bring great glory to his name and it 'll be a blessing to me it 'll be but you ought to one of the great things that we can do is just make a plan to to invest in people and use this little member to build them up in their faith to encourage them. And the reason we don't do it is people people—you know—people get busy and when they get busy, they'll get that look on their face and then they're not approachable anymore. Now if you're the person that when you start using this tongue you can't stop, in other words, I'm gonna go, you know what, I'm gonna go encourage Larry. Uh, he's got a trip going. And after two hours, Larry has heard everything that's going on in my life, and I'm on lap three, man. I mean, I'm just ruining him. I am destroying his ear hole with my selfishness. Now, in my mind, I think I'm blessing Larry, but what I'm doing is is I'm actually treating him poorly. I'm not treating him well. I'm not actually encouraging him or blessing him. I've got someone who has to be polite to me, because uh, we're brothers in Christ, and so he's going to give me a willing ear. Hopefully, at some point, he'll say, look, you're on lap t- you're on lap three, you're wearing me out, why don't you wrap this up and get, <laughs> I would need that rebuke, you know? Uh, we ought to just succinctly and briefly, Eric, man, thank you for the investment that you make at MBT, for leading the praise and worship team, the hours that you put in, we're all blessed because of it, I want you to know you're such a blessing to us. I'm out. You see how that works? Right? Or, hey Eric, um, God's using you so mightily, don't let it go to your head, brother, man. I'm praying for you. Don't let that go to your head. I'm out. You see how that works? Uh, We ought to just put that in our to-do. Somebody's going through a rough time, their face is kind of squinched up, and they don't seem approachable, do they? Oh, but man, God loves you, God loves them, go love on them and edify them, encourage them. Does this make sense, brothers and sisters? We need to watch our mouths. Be careful when we speak. Sometimes it's time to talk, sometimes it's time to just listen. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. Proverbs 17, 28, 10, 14, says, wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool is near destruction. 14.3, in the mouth of the foolish is a rod of, prize, uh, rod of pride, 10.12, the lips of a fool will swallow up himself. So here's our prayer. Let's close in prayer. We're out of time. Eric, do we, do we need to close in worship? It's your call, brother. We'll, we'll dismiss so people can get their kids, but, but uh, it's, it's totally your call. But here's our prayer. Psalm 141, verse 3, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. I'm getting ready to say it, but let me check. Lord, you said to let all things be done into edification. Uh, Is is it time? Are these the words, right? Uh, Let the Lord give you the green light or the red light. Sometimes it's better just to keep quiet. And I'll tell you this, 99% of the time, when it's a scorner, don't waste your time. Uh, you may need help dealing with a scorner, but I know for most of us, if you see something that's going on, please say something. Uh, we, w- n- nobody wants to roll in error, amen? Uh, let's love each other enough. You know, I've been waiting for an opportunity to straighten you out, so I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. No, speak the truth in love. Let all things be done unto edification, amen? Father. Lord, set a watch over our mouth. Set a watch before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. God, help us to be wise with our speech so that our brothers and sisters are built up in their faith, that they're encouraged. And Lord, sometimes, sometimes, um, every once in a while, we, we, need, a, we need a good rebuke. And uh, Lord, help us to see it and receive it when the time comes. Um, Lord, there's, 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 there's a... Um, There's a rebuke that's biblical and there's one that's not. And so we need wisdom for that. Lord, you said in Ephesians 4 that you're going to use every member to build up the whole of the body. And so God, we're trusting you for exactly that right here at MBT. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.